this is uh, this is going to be it's going to be Miller time after this. But thanks for the kind words, and I'm glad to be with you guys. We are happy to have you here, Jack Rufus. How are you guys feeling, Rufus? I know that you are starting to get ready here, even changing up the facial hair now. Are you sure that's not a risk week of you? You're Baker Mayfielding it on us. Yeah, um, I thought it was time to trim, and then you know sometimes when you're when you're shaving, you kind of like try something out. You're like, I'll I'll, I'll leave this here just on the way on the way to no facial hair. And I just decided I'd stick with it. It's a risk, but I'm a gambler. <laughs> we need yeah, that I on just... a t-shirt. We need it just with the mustache silhouette and it's a risk, but I'm a gambler. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I shaved completely today. I'm the odd man out today, but uh, yeah, that's that, that surprised all of us when, when Rufus showed up like that, I mean, you know, Tom, I got to tell you though, I'm looking forward to this episode. I'm taking notes as we go. Uh, these are two guys that I learn a lot from every time I talk to them. So, uh, yeah, I'm here just to kind of fill a corner on the screen, uh, but I'm going to be learning stuff as well. I'm envious of your ability to take notes here because I got to I gotta shuffle around everything. I got to make sure the stream's going right. I got to be checking out comments. So I'm going to have to compare notes with you afterwards, Jack. But let's get right into it here. Frank, how many Super Bowls is this in Vegas for you now? Uh, well, I, I, I will admit that I've lost count. Um, I moved here in the early nineties and got into Super Bowl betting. It's been, it's been over 20 years and, uh, you know, it's always been primarily in Las Vegas. All the last few years, it has been moving around the country because things change. I mean, it used to be, uh, it started here in Vegas and that's when you got the first cracks, but that's not the case anymore. So. Uh, I ended up in Vegas uh, this year, so uh, it's definitely 20 plus years. And you you make a good point there saying that it, it's no longer the case that it all begins here in Vegas. I know you and I talked on Prop Reveal Night last Thursday, yeah, last Thursday at the Westgate about how numbers don't, oh, the Westgate is no longer the be-all, end-all of opening numbers because other books, DraftKings, FanDuel, they've had their lines out since Monday right after the conference championship games. How is it that technology and to a later extent, to a latter extent, the new states with sports betting allowed, how has that changed the game here? How far have we come from the days of having to make the grueling runs around town to go and get all your bets down? And how has it changed your approach? Well, yeah, I certainly remember the grueling runs. And, and that was when I first became acquainted with Rufus because we would end up, you know, first off, you started at the Westgate, and then you'd end up, uh, the race used to always be, who could be first at the most, at the, the highest number of places? Maybe there was 13 or 15 or 17 places throughout the state, and you would be lucky if you got first, well, in my eyes, like five or six, if you were, you got first crack, and when I mean first crack, you would get, you would literally be at the window with the sheet, with your numbers partially or almost completely memorized and you just start rattling off bets until uh you were done it wasn't a systematic way that they did it at the Westgate, where you know two bets and back of the line so it was really the race was on and i remember and i, I heard that rufus didn't remember this one uh it must have been eight or nine years ago and we had done the, the Westgate thing at night and then i showed up back in the morning to continue with the crossword stuff that I had gone home and done research on. And he was the only one sitting in the book. He was sitting there and I, I walked up and I said, so is this uh, a late night or an early morning? And uh, he, he was a little tightened up. He was up to something or whatever. And so did my business and moved out. And I ran into him 
then, like the Nugget was an unpredictable place. So I ran into him at the Nugget and I could tell from that when there, what was going on there that I wasn't going to get first there. And uh, you would see him here and there, but the, 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 the real kicker was I would make the drive out to Mesquite and I would time it on uh, early in the weekend. So I wanted to be first out there. And I remember that that's, I think it was that same year I had parked, I was walking in, I saw him walking out the door. <laughs> I was like, throw my papers in here. I guess I'm an hour late. So uh, yeah, the, the, the grind and the process has changed because now you got to get out of state. You got to go somewhere. Uh, this year I chose to go back East Ohio because that's where I grew up and uh, begin there. Uh, you know, pretty much any of the primary states will do though, because they all are, all the big companies put up the same product everywhere, Colorado, Jersey, New York. So uh, that's how it's changed pretty much. It's you, you have to start earlier in the week and you got to travel somewhere and, uh, you know, start your betting uh, right away. Monday, midday stuff starts coming out. And, and Rufus, when, when Frank talks about the fact that now there are other states that gambling has opened up to, how has it changed your process for how you approach betting on Super Bowl props this week? So I was not ready on Monday and I had no intention of being ready on Monday this year. This year, I've kind of taken a more relaxed approach, just given that in recent years, I've it, I've really realized how much more value there is available on game day. And I think we've started to see the public influence these prop lines maybe more than they used to. Uh, and the other thing on the other side of the coin is the fact that now books like DraftKings and FanDuel are booking these game props every single week. Not, not necessarily all of them, but most of them. And so they are not as clueless as they once were. I mean, I remember back in the day when I would bet the no roughing the passer at the win every year, and you know, every year it would open at minus 115. And I'm guessing Johnny Vela was probably just looking at the price he'd put out last year, not where it closed, where it opened. And, you know, when you're booked, when you're taking those bets once a year, it doesn't really matter that much if you I mean, if you're wrong um, and, and you're not going to, but if you were taking those every single week, you'd learn pretty quickly. So that's why you don't really see the same, uh, you don't see maybe the same opportunities uh, with the openers, but also now that it's more, I mean, it's not just in Nevada, there's more competition for those openers, as Frank mentioned. And so back in the day, it was a small group of us kind of going after the same things. We all had our people going around from book to book, trying to make sure we were, we, we had a sense of when they were going to come out and, and be there to fire. But now um, there's more competition for that. And so the, realistically, there isn't as much gravy early. And so, I mean, I, so most of my betting is done later now, and I was not really involved in the races this year. So um, I'm interested to hear from Frank, though, how it was. Yeah, Frank. So how were the races to be first at the books? And did you also find that you were betting you're, uh, you're going to get the most of your bets down later this year? Uh, I, I, it, it'll be about an even split. But uh, when it comes to the race, you know, that, because what we're referring to in the past is, I mean, you had to physically go there. There was another app now now with the apps and everything everything is different so i uh, know i wasn't like staking out the gold nugget i kept checking in and i missed the opener you know so i just got the sheet and and you know started going through you you know at that point you the sheets are worthless you pretty much got to ask them to give you a tape so that you can see all the updated lines so i wasn't uh competing to get to the counter first this year anything close to what it's been in the past you know i went to westgate and i went to a couple other places try it again because uh you know it really is just got to know when they're going to go up on the app because with the exception of the westgate they all go up 
on the Apple media. Now, Jack, how about you? Because especially being in New Jersey, you have a, you have a little bit of a different story because you have access to some of those betting exchanges that have just started coming on the market here too. I don't know how much action you've gotten down so far, but have you been finding that you're gravitating a little bit more towards the, those, or is it simply that you're enjoying the vast marketplace that New Jersey now has? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, and I'm glad you brought that up because the betting exchange is at a new wrinkle because for years, a large portion of props for the Super Bowl are kind of one-sided. They, they'll, they'll bake in so much VIG that it's really just not a competitive market, or uh, it'll be completely one-sided where you can't bet the no. Uh, you can only bet if something will happen. And these exchanges, being more person-to-person exchanges, there's going to be a lower straddle on these markets. And even though these exchanges are largely seeded, uh, the fascinating thing is that they have like things like anytime touchdown, yes or no, and they're going to leave that up through the game. So like as the game goes on, you can change your opinion as to who could possibly score a touchdown based on the game state. You know, if a team is trailing by a lot, it's less likely there's going to be a rushing touchdown because they're going to be throwing more and th- things like that. So the exchanges are adding a whole new wrinkle for me that might extend up through the game this year in my prop play. Um, and I actually just got a notice from Profit Exchange. They just added more. They just added a bunch of new props that I haven't had a chance to check out yet. So maybe I should just shut up and uh, go check them out while you guys are talking. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I do know that uh, perhaps some of these uh, exchanges might have someone coming on a future stream of some uh, gambling website that might talk about some of those props, maybe on Saturday on a certain unabated super stream, which everybody should stay tuned for. But right now, Frank, uh, along the same lines of the addition of other states and the new wrinkles that that has brought into the art of getting down in gambling, have you found that having other states available to bet in has helped you find more uh, find more discrepancies in lines between books? Or do you think that it was better back when it was more isolated just in Vegas and the books weren't really interconnected? Um, I, th- I think, as Rufus alluded to earlier, the fact that they do it every week throughout the NFL season and they're putting up, you know, they, they go pretty deep. They're not nearly as deep as they go into the Super Bowl. But, you know, they, they have tackles and assists and uh, all these other um, type of derivatives of, of, of the receiving and the rushing uh Props that uh, they're the the discrepancies from my lines aren't so great there. It's when they start to delve into the area where they're not familiar with, like in the Super Bowl, they go to the next level. There, you know, in Vegas, they don't do tackles and assists until Super Bowl, um, so uh, they're uh, certainly a little bit behind there. But the uh, the ability to get down on some of these in the other states is. Uh, it, it, it's you know it's just more it's more volume it's just more stuff to bet so uh, I, I I don't find that it's uh, uh, much different than it has been the last couple of years it's it's it it, it, it is what it is I mean you, you, some of these accounts you need help to get down and uh, you know you just do what you have to do oh man sorry all good now for both of you here my my next question for you would be do you still get excited. For this time of year like this is still it's still it's the super bowl there's still a gravitas that comes to it it's the new year's eve of the betting calendar as captain jack put it in the meeting we had earlier today um is it still exciting for you guys do you look forward to this time or is this 
oh, it's crunch time. I have a lot of work that I get, need to get done. Although, Rufus, you, you didn't even really decide to bet it until late. Yeah, because I was thinking about all the work that it involves. But it's also, I mean, I also do enjoy it. It's fun. I like the process of of getting down. I don't like racing Frank everywhere, but uh, <laughs> but the, I don't know, uh, the, the problem solving, the critical thinking, the kind of, it's not just pressing run on a model. And so I kind of enjoy that and, and the process of accumulating these positions. And there's always a letdown win or loss, especially loss after the, after the Super Bowl the next day, because I uh, got to go cash those tickets. And it's, I don't know. I think it's, it's like, it's like anticipation for before Christmas as a kid. It's like the day after Christmas, like all the presents yeah. are under the tree, but they're all open now. And like that feeling is coming back down. But then, you know, the day after the Super Bowl, then it's kind of vacation for me in a way. I mean, I still will be betting golf and stuff, but it always felt like the next month was when I always kind of took most of my vacation. Yeah, it's that nice dead time in between here in March Madness. But Frank, how about you? Do you still get excited when it comes to prop season here? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, because there's sort of a ramp up through the NFL playoffs and you're getting prepared for it. You're getting you're having more opportunity to bet more, you know, of this type of stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, and it does, you know, the climax is with the Super Bowl and the day after it would be sort of like the day after Christmas. But like Rufus, I, I go I've historically gone on vacation right after this. It was you know, definitely a good period uh, through the rest of February. Put just about everything aside and just take off for a while. But uh, I, I still, I guess I still enjoy it because, uh, um, you know, I, I snap too Monday morning. So I don't do anything that Sunday night after championship Eve other than look at the opening line. But that Monday morning, I'm, I'm ready to go and to start making the lines. Now, how much of your action do you would you say is already down? We're here on Tuesday recording this right now. The game is, of course, Sunday. Uh, would you say that you've gotten maybe 50% or more than that down already? Or are you waiting to bet late? I'm not waiting. I mean, I'll, I'll keep betting as long as I find mm -hmm. stuff. But uh, I, I would say I would hope that it's a little less than 50 percent, uh, more like 40 percent. But we'll just see how it goes this weekend. I mean, it, it could be more than that. We're, we, you know, be, I'm not you know not going to just force everything in. I mean, I know in years past I would have a dedicated bankroll of things that I remember making. That's that was sort of like when I would make the, the no safety bet. OK, I got this much to spend on no safety. Uh, I remember one year making a 75 to one shot bet. Or, or, you know, I had a late minus 7,500 on something. I go, okay, I got the money in this. I, I might as well put it in. Uh, it, it, it was uh, it was this how far back ago. It was New England and the, the Giants when I think it was the undefeated season. And the bet was, will the Giants outright win every quarter? And I bet the no minus 7,500. You know, so, so all of New England, the big favorite had to do was win or tie the quarter. But that's the type of stuff you start looking at if you got a bunch of money left over on game day. You know, you're just looking to get it in somehow. I mean, there wasn't a bunch of EV there, but uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, right now, I'll call it a little shy of fifty percent. Rufus, how about you? I know you've been. Uh, I know you've been saying that you're waiting to get some of your action down come late. Yeah, we've we haven't really attacked any of the unders for anything besides like sort of fringe players, and so um, we are more just trying to get the money ready in the proper places and so i would hope that right now we're only at about you know let's see 15 percent somewhere in the 10 to 20 percent range is is like based on historically we're actually probably in like 12 percent of what you know so 
uh, a lot more to get down for sure. And actually most of my action now is on things like over, well, a lot of random overs and things like the chiefs to score over two and a half touchdowns and the chiefs to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll end up with all these positions that are going to uh, be negatively correlated to that later on. And, and so when you talk about that core, that negative correlation, it kind of gets us into the meat, of, the meat of the issue here, which is how is it that you approach betting props? Is it that you're building out a game script? Is it that you're simply just booking, uh, looking for value based on historical results? What is it that for you is really what you're setting up here for how I'm going to make my bet when I, what I am going in looking for? What's your process? Mm -hmm. Me? Me or Frank? You, and then I'll go to Frank. So there's, you have the game props. You have sort of the algorithmic game props, which are just basically derivatives based on the spread and the total. And so I have like regression-based stuff for those and some sort of rudimentary simulation-based stuff. And then there are player props um, and sort of team props where which rely on my projections for these teams, which is essentially based on like building models for these things. And, and then for the player props, um, it's figuring out what piece of the pie a particular player is in terms of participation in a way. So I have a, I'll have a projection for how many plays this team's going to have, how many, um, what their run pass split is going to be. And then out of the past, you know, past plays, what percentage are there's going to be, is there going to be a sack? What percentage is the quarterback going to scramble? And then the rest will be pass attempts. You know, where's the ball going to go? And then that's looking at receivers and their participation in terms of um, their snap counts, but also their uh, their route routes run. And I, I mentioned this actually in this um, this article that uh, Jason wrote on um, on Unabated uh, today, which is actually um, I read. It's quite quite interesting. It it, it kind of d dives into this some of this stuff. But did you say did you say too much in that article, Rufus? I don't think so. Why? Okay, I, I read it and I was like, "Wow, I've never heard Rufus actually give away this level of detail into his I mean, process for player props." But I I'm think it's a it's a logical it. hierarchical process, and I think everybody approaching it. I think Frank had, does similar things, but I think the sort of secret sauce in, is how you come up with the projections, and then there's a lot of art that goes with it as well. And so, an example of that actually that. I talked to Jason about was Miles Sanders, who, if you look at and, and trying to project out his usage and the fact that last week he didn't really get a lot of touches or, or, or snaps at all in the second half, they went with Gainwell. And so you could say, well, maybe, you know, the game was pretty much decided at that point, but they were still running Jalen Hurts with his injured shoulder. So it doesn't really seem like they were trying to protect Sanders from injury. Were they riding Gainwell because he's the hot hand? Is it just some specific matchup thing that as a football expert, I, I don't know about and whether that matchup you know, will, would extend to, I don't, to the Super Bowl? Um, or were they, were they like Gainwell is, his Gainwell got himself a bigger role? Um, and that's the kind of thing that, that there's a little bit of art to that and trying to make an educated guess. And, and so that's, I mean, I, I I think the hierarchical, the, the sort of logical hierarchical process, I think basically anybody that's doing this um, well is, is kind of taking a similar approach. And Frank, how about you? Uh, the, are you taking a very similar track to what Rufus is doing or what, what is your process when it comes to evaluating which bets you want to fire on in the prop market here for Super Bowl? 
Well, when it comes to, you know, coming up with your numbers, you know, it's, it's a far cry from Rufus because my computer literacy is, is, is almost nil compared to him. So much of my stuff is what you would call very old school. It's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, pen and paper and moving things forward from the previous week and making adjustments. Like I said, it's kind of a ramp up throughout the, uh, throughout the postseason. And, uh, uh, and as you alluded to the art, Part of it is, you know, after you arrive at your raw number, which I think you, you probably go about it a little different than I'm literally doing this stuff by hand. Then comes the tweaking and the adjusting, adjusting for recency, adjusting for injury and the potential impact of such. And I get in your evaluation of how the game's going to play out. So uh, then you will start to arrive at some of these numbers. And it is that is the last part of the process where you start to make those subjective adjustments that you start to reveal plays most of the time because uh, a lot of the uh, the numbers that are hung by the books are they're very mechanical so uh, you know you're gonna certain things are gonna jump out at you and those are gonna be the bets that you've made these subjective adjustments to now Frank I know that you uh, you were kind of the one who taught Jack how to look for cross sport props they're a bit of a unique market especially yeah. because as Rufus said, now you have books that are booking the main props all season long. These cross-sport ones we really only see come up in this game here. Are there ways that you like to attack those? Because I know that Jack has an article coming out tomorrow about the same subject. Well, when you say taught, I didn't really teach. I just steered them in the right direction. There's being fellow advantage players from different disciplines, primarily blackjack in the past, you know, we, we, all, we were always, uh, you know, our most success came from finding your weakest opponents, you know, finding where the, where the weakness was. You wanted to play in the softest games available. And when uh, you take a look at the cross sports, well, the, the, yes, the half of the equation, the books are familiar with making the line for that, but it's the other half of the equation where he can make some, some, some slip ups and you see it every year. I mean, they make, you know, some, some gigantic ones, a couple we can talk about later from this year. Uh, so it was, it was more a, a case of, letting them know, listen, this, this is where you can find some really soft stuff because you, just the unfamiliarity with them dealing with, 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 with that one half of the equation. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind, of, kind of the reason that I want to focus on them quite a bit. Frank, the one thing that you taught me that I think is paramount in attacking these crossboard props is the man versus team approach. Uh, you want to talk more about that? I think, I think that's really valuable. It's in the article tomorrow, but I do give credit that you were the first person to bring this to my attention. Oh yeah, and it's it's kind of common sense because when when, when you're a when you're a disciple of the you know betting player props under which you should be and, and you know not it's not as valuable as it was in the past where you could almost blindly bet every player under in a game and you kind of come out ahead. Uh, you know things have tightened up a, a bit since then. But uh, uh, when, when it's uh, an individual versus a team, well the cut right to it a team's not an entire team is not going to get in uh, an entire team is not going to get sat down for whatever thrown out of a game uh lose his uh his opportunities in other words his touches due to uh game script you know it's a running back and things aren't just aren't going well for the team they're behind them you know just not going to be that many runs going forward you know you're not it, it, it's sort of uh it, it's a lot more bulletproof taking that uh, you know the entire utah jazz than it is you know taking some receiver on his receiving yard. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a basic, uh, you know, again, back to 
like we, we learned how to gamble blackjack. There's, there's, there's right answers. There's one right answer and the rest of them are usually wrong. And there's a basic strategy to follow for that game. And so it's sort of like developing a basic strategy for betting props. You know, a, a whole team is much more dependable than one individual. Right. So you're always going to look, be slanted towards looking for a single person to go under and a team to go over. It's usually comparing the two. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I go through every year and I kind of circle the ones that are man versus team. I do the same, yeah. Those are the ones that I'm probably going to be slanted towards the man going under, the team going over. And uh, there's a few this year that I, I really liked and I bet them. And uh, I think, though, I hope they're going to turn out all right. Now, how about some of these props that you guys do like this year, uh, this year in the Super Bowl? Anything that we can share with the audience here? And by the way, to our audience live on stream right now, if you guys want to ask questions as well, feel free to send them in. We'll fire them off here uh, during the show. I am checking the comment section to keep track of them for y'all. And be sure to fire them away. But right now, Frank, anything you have your eye on that you want to share with the audience or that you can share at this point? Uh, well, if we're talking in the cross-board cross category, I'm still kind of waiting to hope some of these other books put them up, either their own, but more likely copy what's going on. But there are a couple that have been interesting so far and that basically are all over with. We can talk about a couple of them. One being, I, Rufus, did you notice the uh, at Westgate, the Curry, versus, Curry points versus Mahomes uh, pass completions prop? I didn't even, I did not, I haven't looked at a single crossboard prop. Okay. So I'll tell you my process when it comes to the crossboard props is after we leave the Westgate, I go home and I start from the bottom of the page and work my way up in, it, with, with the thinking that if anybody's doing similar, they'll probably start at the top. And if I find something really good, I may get the first number. I get a pristine number. So I started at the bottom. So lo and behold, at the top were the NBA props. And I had somebody contacted me and they go, uh, Frank, I, I think I like this one a lot. In fact, I bet it. But let, let me know what you think. What, what are you, what's the line beyond this? But I think it's real good. And it was Steph Curry plus four and a half points versus Patrick Mahomes past completions. And I go, well, okay, that doesn't, that actually don't sound right to me. I think maybe you read the prop wrong. Can you check and make sure it's not like something like longest completion? Because Curry averages 30 points a game, just over 30 points a game. And the line on Patrick Mahomes' uh, pass completions is 25 and a half at the time, now up to like 26. So it should be um, Curry minus, not Curry plus. And uh, he said, no, it's, I just bet it. I went and I looked on the app, and sure enough, it was, it had moved a point after the guy bet it. So I told him, and he's going, wow, this sounds like a good bet. Uh, I, I think I figured something. I go, I go this is what happened. They flip flopped it. They got flip flopped in the input in the input process. I go, this is this is what this is what they meant. So, in this was, in all you know, for all intents, this is an error on their part that they haven't caught and nobody has apparently caught because you got the you got the first number on it. And this is and, and it, here is the value of these crossboards. When we walk into the Westgate and look, everybody's prepared for everything that's on that board. <laughs> Those guys in line. But there, you can't possibly be prepared for the crossboards because you don't know what they're going to use. You have uh, uh, what with a template that you saved from last year, knowing that they're just going to swap things in. You know, they're going to swap another soccer game in. They're going to swap another college basketball player, another team totally. But you don't know what it's going to be. So those are the things that you 
<laughs> like I say, at, when we're done there, I go home and I start working them, working my way from the bottom up. Uh, but these crossboard props, they can really create problems because uh, it's these the books don't really under or you know mistakes can happen like that, and they happen all over the place. I was going uh, back and forth with Jack last night, and I was pointing out to him, I go, listen, they, they got this other place now, Westgate has uh, the bean pot uh, prop that they like to put up every year. Uh, a lot of people don't even know what bean pot is. It's a, a four-team kind of mini college hockey tournament for the, you know, uh, the popular teams in the Boston area. And they matched up the bean pot total goals in the two games that take place Monday with uh, Boston Scott rush yards plus a half. And I thought to myself, wow, what a, what a clever thing to do. They matched the, the Boston event with a player that's Boston Scott. Okay. But what's not so clever is they didn't input the proper start time for the bean pot. And I'm sitting there watching the hockey game go on. Oh, they got four goals in the game. And the bet's still open for betting. As a matter of fact, they let both games go uh, get played to completion last night. And I woke up this morning and checked it. And the bet is still available. It was still available this morning. I haven't checked it this afternoon or afterwards. But, you know, that's the type of troubles they can run into with these cross-board things. They have different start times, played on different days. And, uh, you know, I have more stories about problems that occurred because they took advantage of maybe errors or just, you know, their, their, their inability to, to uh, run things properly when it comes to these cross-board bets. So uh, they, they can be very lucrative, but they can always be a real headache too. Because like, like the bean pot thing, what are you going to go, go bet that now? They could just cancel it. You know, you don't know if they're going to cancel yeah. it, even though the final outcome for the goals was not much off what, they, what the handicap line would have been. So it was almost like giving Boston Scott a few extra yards that he has to make. It, it, they, they literally could leave that up, but it could have gone a little differently. It could have been, you know, a pretty good bet. I, I will yeah, say the, some bad news for you on the Steph Curry one. That's, I'd imagine that's going to get voided well, since he's out that for was, a while. That's karma hitting because, of course, the next day Steph Curry comes bomb bad on his leg and he's out till the All Star break. So they don't have to deal with that bet now. Yeah, uh, it's just a cancel. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, believe me, yeah, we we were very aware of it. <laughs> Yeah, and the other point on that Boston versus Boston prop is Frank saw this in Nevada. And while I think that if you see that prop in New Jersey, you could probably play it in Nevada, those books know, like, you know, they'll they'll cancel your prop and they'll your bet and you don't really have much recourse. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things that it's not worth torching your account over that prop, especially since the end result of the goals in the bean pot were right about in line with what the projection should have been anyway. Right. And an additional problem that, that occurs for certain guys that I know is, is they would go, you know, get in as much as they can on what they thought was the right side on something they think they're partially past posting, but then they would go out and bet the other side of, which is, you never want to do that. If you're, if you're doing, if you're getting anything that you can even marginally consider shaky, you don't want to go bet the other side because they might cancel everything. I mean, now you're stuck holding your buyback position. You know, you're, 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 you're completely exposed on the buyback position. So if you put the, the bottom line is if you're going to take, you know, a marginal type of angle shot, don't buy it back. You know? Yeah. So one prop that I saw, or since we're talking cross board props, I, uh, Jack, I think... real quick, before you get into that, Nick Mulville in the chat uh, says there'll be two more bean pot games played on Monday, the 13th. And apparently it specifies those two are the ones that are going to count. 
Is that right? Yeah. Well, according oh, wow. to Nick. Okay, because we were sitting there watching it. It said it didn't really hit. It said the bets that take the the games that take play take place Monday. Okay, so there you go. Again, more confusion with the mm-hmm. with these games because they play two Monday games this week, and apparently they're going to play two more Monday games next week. There you go. And you know that that brings up a good point. Is there's always grading controversies with props, Super Bowl props. I mean, it's just a ton, oh, ton one. of grading controversies. Rufus, you have one. Oh, I have one from years ago with uh, with the Westgate, where it was um, it was a tackles and assists prop, and they specified in the rules that sacks didn't count towards tackles. That they were um, yet, I think what they meant was that it it turns out they meant that sacks didn't count additionally because sacks are included as tackles, which actually made it more difficult for me for my modeling that stuff. I had to go and take out the sacks. You know, it was it was. It was extra work. And so I had bet Vaughn Miller under, and I think he had ended up for the game. He had six tackles, three of which were sacks, but I bet him under, it was under three or under three and a half. And I wanted, and I expected that would cash and it did not cash. And um, I had a, Jay and I had a long discussion about it and um, they worded differently now. Uh, It was, it was not enough for me to, the prop wasn't enough for me to want to go to gaming about it or anything like that, but um, the win actually, I had the same bet at the win, and then I and I literally looked, told them, look, look, "Look at your wording. This, these are look. Here's the play by play." And they actually, um, I think it was a push. The bet would have been a push rather than a win, and they refunded that. But, um, but I think they all changed their wording after that. Yeah, that's confusing. Yeah. No, well, just like the bean pot thing. I mean, when when I ran it by my my college hockey guy, I go, man, he goes, the bean pot's going on right now. What are they doing with the bet up? So again, more confusion caused by these these uh, once a year type bets, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, Jack, uh, before I cut you off, there you had something. Yeah, I was going to mention. I was talking to our our premium live stream uh, earlier this weekend. I was talking about cross board props, and I I was going through the Westgate packet. And uh, the walking injury report in the NBA, who am I talking about when I talk about the guy that's always on the injury report? Anthony Davis, right? Well, they have him matched up against total points scored by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are actually getting 12 and a half points against Anthony Davis's points and rebounds in a game. uh, I think it's against the Warriors um, on on Saturday. Um, Anyway, great position there for man versus team with a man that's sort of fragile literally and uh a a team that's kind of anti-fragile because they have multiple people that can score so um that was a good example of a man versus team where the guy um now the funny thing is is i i bet the same prop last year when they had anthony davis versus somebody and literally two minutes into the game he went out with an injury and it was out for the rest of the game so it was sort of a an easy layup last time but situations like that are all over the place and that can be that that can be a really tough one where you, you don't want to root for somebody to be injured and obviously that's not no. what you're doing there right but i, I noticed it, it it certainly is coming into play this year especially in the uh how many players will throw a pass market it always said it two and a half this year more than any recent years we've got both quarterbacks coming in with very questionable injuries uh, Mahomes much more so than Jalen Hurts. He looked pretty fine in the Eagles game, but uh, anything's possible. Uh, is that something that you might be looking at in this one? I, I'm going to say I don't think that's about injury as much as it's about a trick play. 
the injury thing is going to come into play far less often. It's mm-hmm. whether they'll, but, they'll but have a wide this particular year. I think there is the but possibility. Even this particular year. I mean, I don't think, I don't see Mahomes going out of the game and let, um, or hurts unless, I mean, of course, unless they get injured, which is what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I think it's fairly remote still. Also, yeah, one of the points we always bring up is this is the game where teams empty the playbook. They go deep into the playbook in the Super Bowl because exactly. they need to come up with plays that are not already on film for their opponent to see. And the important thing to remember when we go deep into the playbook is those trick plays could take away a potential target for another uh, player that is more frequently used. So there's a there's two effects there. There is the effect it has on things like this, how many players will attempt to pass, but there's also an effect on, you know, uh, Miles Sanders carries or or Dallas Goddard uh, targets, things like that. However, because, go uh, ahead, Rube. I was going to interject. There's there's competing effects though as well. The Super Bowl, there's fewer penalties called typically, and so that's going to actually mean more offensive plays typically also. And then also you have to, um, situations w- in, during the regular season where a guy might sit out the fourth quarter of a blowout game, especially since these are two teams that have been winning most of their games and playing with positive game scripts. And so essentially the star players are going to get a little more usage than, um, than, they, uh, than they otherwise would um, if you just look at their strict average because of those situations where they were being rested in, in blowout games. And so those kind of those effects are towards an over, which kind of sucks as someone who wants to be playing unders. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking in terms of the Super Bowl game is we also have the situations where a lot of teams are uh, playing a little bit more aggressively and not only going deeper into the playbook, but then also kind of coming up with different schemes that, possibly haven't been shown on film before and how that could affect uh, potentially the, the targets that you would normally get in, in a game. Um, do, you, do you find, and I guess this is both to Rufus and to Frank, do you find you ever watch a Super Bowl and you, the light bulb goes off and you go, why didn't I think that this was a possibility? It happens every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Super Bowl fairly, it seems like it's never, almost never a regular game. I think last year was more of a regular game than any in the recent past, at least in my, just from anecdotally. We've also been blessed with a lot of really exciting Super Bowls the last several years. Uh, the last particularly blowout Super Bowl we've had was the Broncos Seahawks game. And then, of course, there was the Rams Patriots game that everybody derides as being boring, which was greatest sure Super Bowl. Um, um, Tom, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, I could give two shits whether the Super Bowl is interesting or not to watch. I'm aware, but most it people, you, blowout, most people, whatever. Rufus like aren't the, you. The, 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 you know, if it's a three to three game, I'm very happy always. Yeah, right. I do remember I want it to be. I want it to be the most boring game to watch. Yeah, that's what I root for. I do remember the the that year where it was the most boring game, where it was the Patriots Rams game. That was my year covering it with Vsin, and my job was to grade all of the props for our props graphics as they were happening. And so everybody else was having a boring Super Bowl. I was frantic the whole time because every play there would be all oh, this hit, this hit, this hit, and it was just nonstop having to grade all this stuff. Whole new respect for what they have to deal with behind the book when it comes to these. Although obviously they have a little extra time after we were trying to get it in real time on the broadcast but 
any other props that you guys are really looking at that uh, you can divulge here on screen so far? Well, I'm willing to talk about player stuff because I have some questions. Maybe Rufus can make me uh, steer me uh, off course because uh, I'm I got a few that I'm going to continue to bet and some that I'm going to initiate some bets on. Yeah, we didn't talk about them ahead of time to just sure. be off the cuff. All right, yeah. so so I haven't done any I... Chiefs wide receivers just for reference. I literally yeah. haven't made my number. I haven't made any numbers on Chiefs wide receivers yet. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're tough, especially Tony's tough to make a number for because he's really doesn't have anything to base it on. I mean, Scantling and uh, the, the three that came out, they come out yesterday morning or, or the night, right the night prior, whatever they did. You know, they put up numbers on Scantling, they put up numbers on Juju, and they put number, up numbers on Tony. And Scantling and Juju, they basically are their just raw medians are what they use for receptions and yardage. Um, Tony, is, is, listen, he doesn't have enough body of work to, to, to look at it and make anything out of it. So it's, that, that's more conjecture there but uh the one that i wanted to run by you is i i bet it i bet it earlier i think i got something a little better price than i got today but today i bet under four and a half the number of philadelphia rushers and i laid one eight uh, have you done that one i haven't yet these are the ones that i kind of hate where i'll eventually oh. get into it but it's i don't it's it's a lot of it, it feels like a lot of work and a lot of uncertainty around it as well a lot of times i'll do it via simulation of my simulating out my um for my player props you know I, i'll have you know this running back simulate like projected at 1.7 carries and this other guy you know 13 and and, and then jalen hurts and blah 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 and so but that's not the right way to do it because the players are clearly not independent um Right, so it's I, all, I kind of do I mean, a combination of that and then kind of looking back also at how the how they've how they've allotted things. Well, I, I made the line a rock solid four because I mean like if you were to offer me the bet on the number of Philly Russian, you said I'll I said I'll take four and you can have all the other numbers and for even money. I would take that bet. You take four. So you have yeah. Scott, Gainwell, Sanders, Hertz. Right, no. probably Scott. Yeah, and then it's real tough to come up with another one. The the the, the Pascal. The uh, Pascal's had a rush, hasn't he? Okay, he's at a rush. Okay, maybe. Um, who else? Yeah, Devante, but if they do Devante did oh, not have Quez rush. Watkins. I have Quez Watkins has had multiple. I think he rushes. had two early in the season. You could have. Yeah. I mean, it's whether you'll. The thing is, though, you're going to get more trick plays and things like that in the Super Bowl. That's always the. That's always the play as well. Cap wise. Cap wise in the and, chat saying that Quez is the wild card. They like the under there as well, but yeah. Quez Watkins the yeah. wild card in this one. And by the way, on the note of Cap wise here, don't forget we've got Ben from Cap wise going up against Captain Jack in our props contest, and anybody can enter it over on RunYourPool.com. Um, I don't have the link in front of me. I'll insert it into the description of this video afterwards. But you can also head on over to the unabated Twitter and sign up today with RunYourPool.com for our props pick'em contest. Tom, I really quickly wanted to continue um, on on this on this prop. I remember years ago looking at trying like it, it was trying to look at the quarterback number of court, or, sorry number of players with a pass attempt or might have been pass completion and and looking at the Patriots and how often in the past they had had a non quarterback throw the ball 
versus what the regular season baseline was in other teams and stuff like that. But you just don't have a big enough sample size to really come to anything conclusive. And it could vary from one coach to another. One coach might bring out more trick plays than another. With Belichick, you have a good amount of data, but like, I mean, not a good amount of data, but at least some. And so it's, it's hard to know really if there is that effect or how large that effect is of it's a Super Bowl. Teams are going to empty the playbook and have more trick plays. So, so how how much do you amplify the trick the trick play probability in this versus a regular game? Because you know, like I said, a lot of these other ones, like Chiefs number of receivers. I mean, they got a wild number of receivers. They have some games like 10, 11 guys catching passes. That's a tough one to to make a line for. And and even the uh, uh, the Chiefs rushers are are tough. But this the the, the Philly rushers. I mean. I would have to make a real leap and say, okay, I think they're going to do something really bizarre. You know, I don't know the Quez Watkins has seen any action in the post. Wait, what if, what if, what if Gardner Minshew comes in to take knees at the end of the that, game? Okay. That is, that, that's one of the few times that they've had five rushers. Yeah. It's definitely would be, that was the last time they had five rushers in a game. They never had more than five. If they're winning, they pull out Hertz, he gets an ovation or whatever, you know, at the end of the game type yeah, situation. It's, and listen, know. these things are all possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's also possible that Boston Scott doesn't get a carry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and then you could bring me, I mean, you know, all the, all these, really. yeah, all these combinations could occur, but I, I don't, that, that was one I wanted to run because I made the blind closer to minus 300. If, if, I, I, I knew they were going to put every, every place, put it on four that I saw, but oh. they, they, one place don't want, doesn't want to push. So they put it on four and a half. I would probably, I mean, that makes sense. I would probably, if I, if I ran it, I'd probably end up with something like minus 500 is the true price. But again, that's, I don't believe that exactly necessarily. I wouldn't have a ton of confidence. And so I probably wouldn't, I'm not going to bet something like that unless I have a big edge, but I would definitely lay minus 180. I think that's a great bet. Well, the market, I mean, other places is all higher. I mean, I've seen that. That's a scalpable number. It's yeah. the best number in the mm-hmm. market, but, uh, and it's only I think because it's the one place that I have found so far. I'm not saying there aren't others that don't have it sitting directly on four because the ones that are sitting directly on four, they did juice it to the over, which probably, uh, motivated this one book to say, okay, we'll put it on four and a half and just juice it under. It's because a lot of times they don't understand how much they need to juice it to jump off a number like that. Yeah. Suns116 wants to know uh, your thoughts on highest scoring half. Oh, this is the one that I think Fezzik always loves the second half. Here. Second half, yeah. 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 And based on what is not the world's largest sample and based on a lot of games with the Patriots in them when the Patriots famously have never scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl during the Tom Brady era. I don't in think the first quarter. quarter in the first quarter. Sorry. Yeah. In the first quarter. That's what I meant. So my thoughts are I'll probably be firing on the first half uh, on Sunday, close to game time. I think yeah, a lot of people sense. that I've talked to think that, they, you know, they, they, it's sort of like a, that they start the game cautiously. They, that's just that's just their opinion that you know they're going to teams because it's a big game. They start the game cautiously. Here's a question though: if if there wasn't this trend, would anybody have that narrative? I think it's coming up with the right. narrative to fit the data rather than having the narrative first and the data sure. justifying it. So that's that's why I'm it's, a little. It's, bit it's, it's a little bit of an extension of neither team wants the ball. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, this is this is a totally coin flip. Receive the first situation, right? I mean, they're both going to defer, right? 
I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah first, I remember uh, back when, first, I remember first back when it was back. very different. Which leads me to one more bet. If you want one, one more bet by that, and I just noticed this one this morning. I was not able to bet it because I don't have access to this particular book today. Uh, there is a, it kind of leans a little bit on who's going to win the toss, in my opinion. It's a, a, a short chart that says who will reach 10 yards rushing first. Hmm. And the uh, two favorites are Sanders at somewhere around plus a buck 50, followed by Hertz, not far behind him, plus 165, followed by Pacheco at plus 290. And when it's only 10 yards rushing, I mean, it's it kind of, the biggest variable there is who's going to get the ball first. Hertz tends to get more of the first quarter carries. I mean, not Hertz, sorry, but, Sanders. Sanders. But I'm saying if it's 50-50 yeah. that the Chiefs get the ball first and Pacheco is the primary guy, it seems like taking plus 290 there, he, he could get it before those other guys even get a chance. And even if he doesn't, it might go, you know, Chiefs possession, Eagles possession, still not settled back to the Chiefs. I mean, it just seems like that that's a generous price for that, that which is basically a coin flip on who's going to get that head start. Yeah, I like your approach there. Mm -hmm. Now, before we uh, before we close out the show here, how about a little bit on in game? Rufus, I wasn't paying the most attention last year when we watched the Super Bowl together, but were you firing off on anything in game? Are you going to be looking for stuff in game this year? I bet second half, but that's it. The rest is we have a drunk grading sheet open, and we're follow like sometimes people are grading bets, but otherwise. The we are not betting in game now, Frank. How about you? No, I'm just uh, if anything, I'll bet the second half. I am not equipped to, I, I'm always of the opinion, and I know there are other guys that have this all figured out, but when it comes to live betting, I don't like having to have everything right. You know, you I mean the feed you're getting is a delay. I mean, you're just at a disadvantage, and if you're not uh, prepared and equipped to make up that disadvantage, I, 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 I don't really dabble much in live betting at all. All right, final prop here. I'm sure that you guys have a lot of thoughts on this one, so I've saved it for last. Yeah. What what will Rihanna's first halftime song be? Who's she? <laughs> you should ask the prop of yes, no. Will anyone on this stream watch the halftime show? And I think no is going to be the overwhelming. No is thing. heavily juiced yeah, in this I one. I won't watch yeah. it. Yeah. No. I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you what, though. It, it, there are some people that totally... One, the year that uh, Katy Perry was the halftime show, my kids knew everything. They go, no, no, she's going to sing uh, Fireworks Last or whatever the name of their song is, because after that, they're going to shoot a bunch of fireworks off, and it's a Pepsi commercial. They have a Pepsi commercial with fireworks. That's not going to be the first. I mean, they they literally nailed it. Now, you could, I couldn't bet much on it. You know, Every now and then, you're able to get some money down with some some random bookie that's going to book you the, the, the uh, national anthem, but I couldn't get anything down on that. But it was just interesting to see how they had this all figured out. You know, they, they, it wasn't a mystery to them what the first song and the last song was going to be. Oh, then she's not going to sing that song at all. So yeah, there are some people that really get into it. I'm just, I've, I, I've got a quick halftime story that uh, I've told before, but probably no one on this stream has heard it before. Um, you got to keep your eyes open for Super Bowl promotions that aren't necessarily about the game. I was, uh, this was two or three years ago. It was halftime of the Super Bowl. I forget which Super Bowl, to be honest with you. It was like two of them ago. And uh, I'm poking around, and I see BetMGM is running a slot tournament, um, a, a, a tournament where you have to accrue points, and whoever accrues the most points just during the halftime period 
wins. Oh, yeah. prize. And so I decided, well, you know, I'll just see what, you know, what, how, how many people are participating in this. And I refreshed the leaderboard for like two or three minutes. And there's only three or four names and top prize is $15,000. And really you finish in the top five and you're guaranteed at least uh, like $2,500. So I'm like, oh, well, I can fire in some random money on some slots here. And so I, I just play for like five minutes straight. Now, mind you, the halftime is a little bit extended in the Super Bowl. It's about 30 minutes or so. Uh, five minutes in, I refresh the leaderboard. I'm the leader. And it's like not close. And so I play for about 10 more minutes. And now I have this massive lead. Um, and then I stopped. And I just kept refreshing, refreshing. And no one caught up to me. And I, I won $15,000 because I was alert enough to look around and see that they're running this promotion just during the halftime. And I guess nobody else was really paying attention and saw it. Um, and I think, by the way, I lost like $60 in going for that, uh, putting in enough action there for the, the slot promotion. Uh, and of course, then the prize was 15000 So it pays to keep your eyes open. And maybe it pays to not watch the halftime show. I would be That's sure. Captain Jack, the AP there. He's, he's, he's done, <laughs> done stuff like that before. And he's not willing to take a, take a, a little bit of a beating on the slot machines for, for something like that. Definitely. I'm still just disappointed Taylor Swift turned down the halftime show this year. I'd be watching that one for sure. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us here today, watching the stream. If you're listening to us back on podcast or on the replay of the stream, we appreciate you. If you are on the YouTube channel, do us a favor real quick. If you're not already a subscriber, make sure you hit that button. And the YouTube algorithm, you know, they make me do this spiel for you now. Click the notification bell too. Click the little alarm bell. It'll tell you when any of our new videos go up. It'll tell you when we're going live. If you're listening to us on the podcast version, don't forget to give us that five-star rating and review. We really do appreciate it. It does actually help the algorithm. It helps get us shown to more people and show up higher in the search bar. It takes only a few seconds. We would really appreciate you helping us out with it. And as always, thank you so much for listening and watching and being here, submitting your questions. Frank, thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, I don't know if you'd like to plug uh, your Twitter at TiesWin or if you have anything you want to shout out real quick. I tweet about twice a year, but uh, it's at TiesWin and uh, uh, if something interesting comes up, I'll put it on there. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for including me in this and uh, you know, best of luck in the Super Bowl to you and everybody else. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Frank. And of course, be sure to check out unabated.com and be sure to stay tuned because we have plenty more coming at you later this week. On Thursday, we are going to be doing the live podcast. Peter is going to be here with us uh, Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. Going to be right back here. You can already check out and set a reminder for it on the YouTube channel. We'll be broadcasting everywhere you're seeing us right now. But the big one, don't forget this Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time until at least 10 p.m., probably going to go longer. The probably Super longer. Stream 57, we are going to have so many guests. The guest list is packed to the gills here. Jack, you have been working tirelessly on this. It is going to be a who's who, a star-studded talk before the Super Bowl. You don't want to miss it. Come hang out. Enjoy it with us. If the stream goes longer than three hours, I'm going to fire up the hot tub, and I'm going to switch to streaming from outside, I think. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to be enjoying it, so be sure to be here with us. Again, that's on the 11th Saturday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, right here on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash unabated. And, of course, 
As always, sign up at unabated.com. Use your free trial this week. You got the Super Bowl right here. There's no Great better week time. For it. Yeah, there's no better time. This is the plus EV time to use that seven-day trial and then join us here at unabated.com, of course, with hopefully a yearly premium subscription. Follow us on Twitter at Unabated Sports, on Instagram at Unabated Sports, and all right, there we go. I'm finally done. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you to Frank, Rufus, Jack. Thanks for being here with us as always. We'll see you next time. Best of luck on the Super Bowl, and as always, let's cash those tickets.